transparency, <laughs> vulnerability, and humble curiosity serve as our healthy roots for individual and collective progress. Boy, don't we have an episode for you. We was cooking. We were cooking we before we got oh, the pre-production to the production. Yo, yo, we, yo, time been, has been pushed back because we've been cooking this on this topic. Uh, this might be our shortest episode. Yeah. This may be our shortest episode. Can we talk for 30 minutes prior to it? Boy, man, we, we, we got our, we got our, so, so, as we gear up for this topic, we're going to go ahead out. All right. We're going to be respectful of our Let's Break Bread, but respectful of our self-awareness is key. But we really got to get to this topic. Exactly. We got to get to this, pop, this topic of black progress and black regress. All right. So we are in 2023. 2022 just closed out. So we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to reflect on. We got a lot to look out Four, right? But right, right now, let's start with self-awareness is key. Gentlemen, how are you doing? How you feeling? How you feeling? How's your mind? How you doing? Slow motion. I, you know, we're going, we going into a, you know, a new beginning every day. So I think it's been a lot of development and a lot of great things that have been happening in the past couple of weeks. So for sure, I'm good. So I would say going into this this new year, bro, like I'm really, really focused on just like self accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I've I've lacked that a lot. Um, and that's and I'm not even talking. I'm just talking about for me, like looking at the man in the mirror, like, hey, bro, like, I, you know. So I'm very big on that, man. So um, self accountability and also like sitting in stillness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I've pushed a lot of my problems, a lot of things I needed to work on by just staying busy, working on business, you know, job, school, whatever, like, just been so focused on it, so, those are my two things, brother, last year, the military contract, brother. Yeah. Yes, sir. Six more months, man. Woo! Come on over to the team. 11 years, boy, let's get it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, For me, per usual, I be chilling, right? (laughs) But, you know, for the new year, um, not to sound cliche, but you know, just a new me, a better me, a more disciplined me, a more resilient me, a more controlled me, a more just a better me in general within God's path. And um, you know, I'm just excited for what the new year has to has to show me, the lessons that it has to teach me. And um, you know, I'm just ready. What's up? Uh, for me, last semester of coursework, in terms of me being required to take classes, so I'm ready to wipe my hands clean of that. I begin teaching this summer going into the fall. So I just look forward to, again, just a continual advancement and improvement of self. Um, 22 is a good year for me from like a pre- pre- presenter's aspect as a writer, as a, as a speaker, as a creator. So I'm really looking forward to 23, you know, year 30, actually, for all of us 93 babies in this room. So, you know, that that, that 30 mark definitely has a lot of implications mentally and spiritually. And um, Two weeks. I feel it. I I really feel it. And um, I'm just thankful to be here with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I I started to appreciate, especially as I get older, the importance of brotherhood, the importance of having a good, good, honest, and and loving and caring uh, friend group. And, you know, folks always say, you know, it's good to, think, to have great people around you and to be around folks that you would like to be like or learn from. And I, I'm very fortunate to have y'all um, in my corner and uh, for me to be in y'all's, man, for real. So I, I really look forward to all the things that's to come for us in this new decade of yeah. life. And uh, 
you know, brick by brick, man, day by day. Let's get to it. Let's break bread. The health and finance. Mike, you want to break down the health? Right, let's go ahead and start with the health tip. All right, we're going to talk about blood health. Okay. Sick cell disease is the most common genetic blood disease in the U.S. Most patients with sick cell disease are African-American or of African descent, affecting one out of every 365 babies born in the United States. Sick cell disease causes red blood cells to be hard and crescent-shaped, so it's difficult for blood to flow smoothly and carry adequate oxygen to the rest of the body, resulting in severe pain, strokes, organ damage. However, African Americans make up 14% of the U.S. population, but less than 3% of blood donors. Patients who experience severe symptoms from the disease—excuse oh, me—patients who experience severe symptoms from the disease may require transfusions to replace their sickle cell red bloods with healthy cells. Donated blood is the only source for this treatment. Additionally, about half of the Af um, African American population source of this treatment. We all, um, most African Americans have O positive blood, which is the most transfused blood type in the United States. Did y'all know that? Mm -hmm. You know your blood type? Yeah, A positive. A positive. O negative. I'm A positive too. All right, cool. All right, so I know what count on. Diet and exercise. Increase cardiovascular exercise. Drink black or green tea. Take iron supplements. Eat iron-rich foods. Reduce your stress. Include more omega-3s such as whole nuts, berries, fatty fish. And as always, get, get that sunlight. All right? Absolutely. So let's break that bread. Now, I think it's important in the conversation about breaking bread and entering into the discussion about assets and liabilities that we frame the discussion. Uh, specifically, I think in our society, specifically within the black community, we have looked at debt as a bad thing. And what I wanna caution people to think about is knowing how you can use collateral to secure more financing. Because of the peculiar situation that we are in economically as a people, specifically black people, um, we have to come up with innovative ways to acquire more capital. And so one of the ways to do that um, in and of itself is by acquiring assets, right? And so when you think about assets, we're thinking about things that are of value, uh, such as different tax lien properties, uh, you know, bonds or uh, certificates of deposit or uh, title uh, to whether your car, your house, your deeds and so forth. And so what I want people to think about for a second is your specific business that you may have, right? And you're in the process of growing it and you want to scale it to new heights. And something that you may have to do that may be somewhat uncomfortable, you want to make sure that you are positioning yourself to acquire as many assets as possible. So that means your trademarks, your copyrights, right? Now go with me. You want to do these things ahead of time before you actually need it. And this, see, that's one of the key tips. Remember that you want to be in a position to get capital before you actually need capital. Because when you actually need it, you, get, you have a tendency to move from a form of desperation, right? So going back, going back to empowering yourself before you need it, you want to make sure you have access to it. So what I'm saying is, is that with your business, which will be properly structured and we'll make sure we go over this in another episode where I'll break this down a little bit more. I want you to acquire your trademark rights. All right. I want you to acquire your copyright rights. Right. I want you to do these things because as the value of your business grows, right, you start bringing in more revenue. 
Now, when it comes to financing, you could potentially attach, right? You could potentially attach your intellectual property as a form of collateral with the bank or with ever, whoever these particular lenders are. The reason why that is important is that, for example, and I mentioned this on, on, my, on my IG when I was speaking about Young Thug. One of the one of the ways in which he acquired over five million dollars in capital was by putting up the intellectual property rights of YSL. Right. So when you're thinking about your brand and you want to get a certain amount of capital so you can do and have the flexibility to grow and scale at a rapid rate, you want to acquire your trademarks, your copyrights, your tax lien properties. You want to acquire certain things just so you can use it as a form of collateral to get more capital later down the line. All right. So it's a, I can really go all day on that, but I just wanted to make sure that we're we're properly framing the concept of debt and understanding that because of our you know particular situation, we can leverage it another way. It's not just that debt is just bad. It's just how you're acquiring the assets to get more capital, which may be a loan, but you're positioning yourself in a strategic way. That's all on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's get into it as we're talking about debt and also how Porter actually that was a good segue about reframing and challenging certain concepts that may have otherwise been looked at in a negative or a regressive light mm -hmm. and how to leverage that to make it progressive, to make it innovative, to lead to self-improvement and advancement, which leads to this conversation we're going to have. Here. Indeed. Black progress and black regress. Wow. <clears throat> in a nutshell, this is a conversation we're going to have about where we where we are, where we stand in the African-American black diaspora in this country. And are we in a good space? Are we not? Are we stagnant? And what are some tactics, some methods, some thoughts we have to share that can help us as a collective and overall just improve? And this is also something that this is a part of my dissertation, too. My dissertation talks about how I don't believe that black people as a collective have a consciousness, uh, awareness, a cultural awareness to empower and advance us all to overthrow white supremacy, to overthrow the rhetorics of debilitating, deficit-minded, or deficit-provoking practices in this country that keeps us where we are. I don't think we are together as much as we say we do. The only time I feel like we're together is if something's trending on TikTok, to be honest with you. But when it comes down to actually raising capital and funds and leveraging and believing in one another to actually push narratives that are beyond just the scope of entertainment and media and sports, I don't think we've actually are as well-versed or as in-depth or as, or as wide as we would like to think. Mm -hmm. As we talked about last season, and to give you a reminder on some statistics, black people only make up 14.2% of the population, which means we are only 47 million out of 330 million. Those who are white or identify as white, Caucasian American and so forth, still are 60% of the population. I think so, I think that's cap. You think, but that's not what I'm saying. People who are white or identify as white. So if you put your, if you check that box on your census, and you and you may you happen to be an Asian American, which happens, you may also check white as well as Asian American, and they will go. They will automatically quantify it as white as well. Because again, 
This system we didn't build, they built it, so they leveraged it for their benefit. And with that being said, we are in a position to challenge it. But the moments in which we don't challenge it leads to our detriment. And then we're left in peril thinking about why or why I didn't take advantage of it. But anyway, I'm passing the buck off to me to ask the question to you all. Do you feel like we have progressed as a community? What is progress to you? And if you feel like we haven't progressed, why? Mm. <laughs> it's kind of hard to really say. That's a, I mean, I think that's a good, a good question. Like, have we, what, I mean, what's progress to y'all? Just like, give me something short. Okay, so slavery started 1619. We're 403 years. No, yeah, 403 years to it. All right. Where are we at? Okay. Do you feel like we've progressed enough to where we've attained full citizenship and our rights as human beings are treated equally as those who are empowered to keep us inhuman? to keep us of less value? Do you feel like we've progressed in that way? Yeah. As a collective, I'm not talking about subsets of black folks who are advanced or who are of a mindset. I'm I, talking about all of us. I feel like we progressed. Okay. But then I feel like then we regressed and then now we're moving at a slower pace. Break it down for me. So like, I feel like from like, like you said, from was that 1619, right? To current speak to current dates. I feel like we started off, you know, like obviously in slavery, then we started moving up, you know, hard. And then we had a we had a um little regress. I think all right, let me just tell you, let me just tell you straight, I'm gonna stop talking this shit. I think one of the worst things that happened to us as black people was the was the end of segregation. From a not from a moral standpoint, because that's what a lot of people want to paint it as. I was just morally standing. I'm talking about from just community from family, from business, all of it went to shit for, I would say about what, 30 years? No, no, 20, 20 yeah, about 30 years, right? Cause in the second- 2020, so you will say in the, sever- in the segregation. I mean, we want to say- That was the late 60s, that was the late 60s, early 70s, when they put yeah, in, so yeah, I, I was say, board. Yeah, so I would say it was at 1964, right? No, I was 54. 54? But but about it took about nine years for no. it for it to actually, to actually implement it. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think that was one of the worst things because we stopped shopping at black businesses, right? We stopped, you know, having money in our own community, right? As soon as because you know, we were we were brainwashed, right? You know, thinking that, oh my goodness, this water fountain ain't shit, because you know it says black on it, but this one's great because it's white. Or I got, you know, I wanna eat here, I wanna prove myself and be here at the, you know, at the table with people, not realizing that our table was overfilling with with wealth, which is one of the reasons they burned down, uh, what is that, Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa. 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 Mm-hmm. Black Wall Street, we was, <laughs> bro, we was making money, bro, like, right, right. we was bringing it in the community, so I would say since then, we, like I said, we took a stumble, but then we, we've gotten back, I want to say, in the, on that path, when it comes to just, like, a lot of things that make you rich, right, in family, sp- you know, spirit, uh, spiritual and also just um, you know knowledge base, right? You know a lot of a lot of um, women, right? A lot of African American women are, are are graduating, right? Colleges more than 
us, you know, us as black men, but they're also graduating at a level, I think is more than, if not the same pace as white counterparts, which is a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, people getting into, you know, more people get into business, you know, more people learning about, I, I think we're making progress. I just think we just took a little, just a little pause for a second. What do y'all think? What do you think is missing? Consciousness. Yeah. I think, I think progress is intimately tied to consciousness and consciousness is a reflection of attitudes, behaviors, values. And the reality is that our culture in and of itself is not rooted in solving our problems. Mm-hmm. And what I, and what I mean by that is when you look at other cultures, there's a culture of financial literacy. There's a culture of working together. There's a culture of us moving at a certain collectivism, collectivism to accomplish a certain task. And the difference for us is that we move as individuals. So individually, mm-hmm. we're graduating. Individually, we're making money. Individually, we're we're having our own businesses, but we're not looking at ourselves as a nation. And the lack of nation concept building is leading to our demise. And that's where we are as a collective right now. And it's unfortunate because we have so much education and you got YouTube and Google and all these different platforms and access to colleges and HBCUs. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pro black and all these, all these different concepts, but the actual act of thinking and behaving in that is not the same. And then the other aspect to that is if you have progress, that is a reflection of the consciousness, then the consciousness in this particular society has a power dynamic. And the power dynamic that people, our people, do not want to address are those that are in the position of power because we have not addressed how do we disempower them to empower ourselves. Because the reality is that we saw what happened with Tulsa. If you know that this is what will happen as they, uh, as different, uh, as different uh, entities see us acquire power. If you know that there are going to be traps, if you know that there's going to be, you know, laws and rules and policies that are put in place for us to fail. At some point, we have to make it incumbent upon us to draft out a blueprint of what these different pitfalls are so that we can pass it down from generation to generation instead of just looking at it like, okay, I got mine. Now I'm good. And that's where we are as a society, because. And we we kind of we was going to touch on this in, a, in another topic. But when I think about the hood, right, I think about the movie The Lion King. OK, and this is this is this is my personal person, one of my personal favorite movies. And if you notice in the movie Lion King, when Mufasa and Simba, you know, were cast out or died or passed away and Scar took over, you notice what the pride rock became. It became this dark, desolate area, you know, filled with crime is, you know, people are scavenging, they're, heat, they're eating and they're hunting on each other. And that's some that's somewhat equivalent to what the hood has become. And at, at some point, we have to make it our birthright to go back to our communities, to develop it. And that doesn't mean that you got to be there, living there every single day. But that does mean at some point, the same way that we complain about gentrification, where we just talked about it just a little bit, the same way we talk about how others are coming from whatever nation that they're coming from and sitting in whatever boardroom and they're designing strategies to take over this block and that block. We can do the same thing. That doesn't mean that we have to be there in the hood and then deal with the crime because a lot of our people don't really care to do with that. You know, they don't they don't care to deal with that. They don't want to. I get it. But now you can sit in a room and say, all right, this is how we get 44th Street. 
We gotta do this. We gotta do this. We need to go to the. We need to go to the auction so we can get the tax lien properties. We gonna go here. We gonna go here. It need to be like a whole little road now where we looking at the whole community of what is considered the quote unquote hood because they want it and they fighting for it. And right here in Atlanta, they want the West Side. Yeah, they want the West Side. The right now, they want they they are fighting yeah. for the West Side, and the West Side right now is like the only area that's still that still yeah, and we are, and, and and we're still the only area that's still predominantly black in Atlanta right now, the West Side of Atlanta, and if we let them get it, you know, and that's and this is what, but we still got a chance. It's still a, it's still a sliver. So when I again when I think about progress, I think about consciousness which is a correlation to the power dynamic of the powerful and the powerless. And we just have to empower ourselves. That's why I'm better. For sure. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point, bro. Cause that's, that's exactly kind of how I feel about the consciousness. Cause at the end of the day, consciousness will equal the progression that we see. Mm-hmm. And then to piggyback based on what you said, just the, the selfishness and the, and the individual mindset. That there is no no collective progression, and again, as we said about in the last season about the blueprints, bro. right, bro? We've been saying it, bro. Because in the day, like, yeah. they always show their hand. All so the why time. we don't know why there's not never been a plan and set? Because they they show their hand, we might react to it. We might have a little progression, then we regress because they done formulate a new plan. So where where's our formulate a new plan and where's our rethinking to again get back in that position and keep moving in that position and again like you said we, we put ourselves in those rooms in those meetings and get our hands into things then if we know the plan and then we have those those leaders that can just push that motive and that consciousness to everyone else as a collective then we can keep up the problem is we can't keep up because by the time we get to where we need to go they already 10, 20 years ahead already. We missed that. So that's why it's like, to me personally, there's really, like you said, a slow progression. But it's only a slow progression because then again, like you said earlier, during the, the, during the um, pre-production. pre-production, they play in the long game. Mm-hmm. But we keep chopping it up, playing the short game. We can't catch up, bro. I will give our people some credit, though. To go from... Slavery to where we are now as a people, they scared because the way we have progressed in that period of time, with all the loops that we have to jump through, all the hoops that we have to jump through, and to see where we're at now to where what West America black right? It's the culture, everything. It's always been. It's always been from music to inventions to fashion to just way of life. You know what I'm saying? Sports, everything. We we take it over. That's the part that's so maddening to me. Is that this country wouldn't be built without us. But yet we still treat ourselves like tenants. Mm-hmm. That's because we're not here, bro. I think that's another big issue. Let, let me say that louder. I don't know if the mic caught that. We act as if this country was built that was not built by us, but we still act as tenants. That's my problem. We constantly question our power. White, I'm a race scholar, so I'm about to get to it. 
and this is going to put a battery pack on Porter back. I know he, he won't get some things off. White. Hmm. This is a this is something that uh, uh, my professor of mine, Dr. Veronica Newton, she uh, at State, she a race scholar as well. She OG put me on. She was like, "What is white identity in in America? If it's not in relation to them subjugating or appropriating some other culture or race, what is whiteness?" What is, what is white identity? What, is, what does it mean to be white? It has nothing to do with them subjugating violently, institutionally, or appropriating violently or institutionally of other people. Mm -hmm. they, they do not exist without us. I'm just going to put it plainly. If black folks were to boycott socially and financially this country as we know it will perish. You have Democrats just got out of an election year. Democrats running around saying, I don't think the black vote is going to be as strong as it was before because of everything that's been happening in Biden's current term right now. I don't think, I don't think that they're bought in to just checking the D next to the respective representative anymore. You wonder why? Hmm. Because that consciousness is starting to burgeon a little bit. It's starting to build. It ain't hot yet. It's starting to build. It's getting to a point where black folks are starting to see like, we're casting our vote. We've been casting our vote for y'all. Term in, term out. But you haven't done anything explicitly for us. You haven't done anything explicitly for our children. You haven't done anything explicitly for our institutions. You haven't done anything explicitly for our communities. The very same communities that are no different, that are no different, from the white communities that are no different from the Asian communities who constantly benefit one way or another from certain policies and certain provinces and certain initiatives. But when it comes to us, we don't get as much funding. We get pushback. We get delayed. We get overlooked. We get overturned. Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of that? Of knowing that <laughs> you're constantly getting spit in the face by the people you serve and you feed and you nourish. Why don't black people see that? Why we why do we constantly question our power and potential when it's been staring at us in our face since we were brought here? That the motherfuckers didn't go out there in the plantation and do it. The motherfuckers didn't build those houses. They didn't build these monuments. They didn't build. They didn't make mac and cheese. <laughs> they didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying that shit for, for real, bro. My voice breaking and everything because that shit they ain't do shit but appropriate and subjugate systematically and institutionally to Mike's credit. And I agree with him. It's very smart. It is. Smart, bro. But anybody who's ignorant and is left in isolation long enough is. If you're ignorant and you left in isolation to do whatever you want to do, over time, it may come out to be you were being smart. But no, you were ignorant and you were moving in isolation and you were doing whatever the hell you wanted to do. 
And to to your credit, white supremacists, white supremacy, I tip my cap to you. Because now we have to work overtime to try to fortify and create this consciousness that, hey, white supremacy can be eradicated. White supremacy can be overthrown. You know why? White supremacy doesn't have to be overthrown and challenged by us going and doing all these other things to to blatantly challenge white supremacy. All we need to do is start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's another issue, too. We constantly fight outside. We constantly are shooting and fighting outside of where we currently stand, where we need to go ahead and clean up our own house. We need to clean up and, 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 and refurbish and innovate within ourselves. We, well, that's another thing. We're constantly looking to them for our approval, for, for, for their approval still. Yes. We're constantly looking to them for them yes. to invest in us. We're constantly looking to them for the this and then the third. Yes. Why? 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 If, if you were to do a small social experiment of you socially and institutionally and financially boycotting them, you will see how automatically on a dime they need our value. They need our presence. They need our influence. They need our dollars. We had history tell us that. When you boycott and you say damn all to hell to whatever them white folks got going on over there, you see how in a matter of time, dang, I don't have I don't have anyone else to subjugate, I don't have anyone else to appropriate, I don't have anyone else to squeeze. What where do I where do I go from here? Damn, let me go ahead and sign these bills. Let me go ahead and make sure that Brown v. Board happens. Let me make sure that bus boycott. You know, it's done away with so we can make sure everybody can get on the bus and sit wherever they want. Let's make sure that all the water fountains don't have black or have colored or white on it. Let's make sure the the restaurants make sure they don't come in from the back anymore. Let's make sure because you know why? They need us. They need us more than we need them. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it being looked at as the other way around. When it never was that to begin with, if you will look at it from a historical lens. If you look at it historically, you've seen it's always them needing us more than we need them. Always. But yet, we've been indoctrinated to think that we need them when we don't. What we do need them to do is stay the fuck out of our way. That's all we ever wanted. Stay the fuck out of my way. Don't let your ego, that's all it ever was. It was ego. Napoleon and them niggas went over there and they saw what we had going on in Africa and shit in the West Indies. They saw what we had going on and was like, damn, they got a calendar system. They got a, they got a sanitation filtration system. They have this, 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 and the third. Well, whereas over here in Europe, we have yet to even advance in those areas. We have to come over here and copy it. We have to come over here, instead of copying, instead of learning from the ground up of how these systems were sustained, they instead came in, appropriated, raped, maimed, killed, enslaved, and then copied it that way. Their ego was too big for them to just say, hey, I need some help. Instead, I'm just going to take your bodies and and commodify it. I'm going to take your bodies and I'm going to rape and pillage and maim and do what the fuck I want to do until I find my answer. And then I'm going to sit here and say, I'm more superior than, than thou. What? What? They needed us. We never needed them. Isn't it crazy though how 13% you say we make up population? 14. 14%. But then, but do you know guys know that the black dollar is the most spent dollar in the United States? 
like our our power of our money, we spend the most as a, as a culture of people. We it it baffles me. It baffles me because again, our power is right underneath our noses, but we're still looking out. We're still looking elsewhere when it's here, when it's always been here. And we're also we also get like tasked to use that power on our own. You ain't got a billionaire no more, y'all. I know that, right? It took what a week for that to happen. A week for him to lose his billionaire status because of the boycotting and all that stuff, right? What if we had that same power, like you said, towards the actual, you know, institutions and things that matter? You know what I'm saying? When, when it's not meeting the bill that we need fronted. Mm. I mean, Ye will be a billionaire again. I I I already know I, his move. I know I, his I, move. I, 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 yeah, I know yeah, what he did. Yeah, so. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. I think the issue I have is when situations like that does happen, this is a conversation you know, you know, me, Lowe, and Porter had about it. When situations like that have happens, he doesn't have, he didn't have, or many of them don't have a foundation, a black culture foundation to fall on to catch them because we've become so individualized to Porter's point. That when some one of us of prominence and power and of genius does something, whether it be ignorant, right, wrong, indifferent, something was taken out of context, right, wrong, indifference, whenever they fall, whenever the powers that be say that this person needs to go on timeout, instead of them going to a corner of open arms of support from their community in which they, they bred from, they instead are going to a corner of darkness, a corner of being alone in isolation. And that doesn't help them either. Um, and I think, again, to everyone's point here, if we had an established consciousness of established collective foundation to help anyone who may be sputtering or those who may be struggling to advance it wouldn't be as catastrophic as it once as it was when Kanye had lost his net worth and all this other stuff. It wouldn't be as catastrophic as that. It would have been just like, okay, he, all right, we got to just put him in timeout. We got him. We got a crew of OGs and people there to hold, hold him down and we'll be able to support and he'll be fine in the next three to six months. We already will have a system in place, but because we don't have a system, he's left on his own. Right. And but then, go ahead. And that's like a, a system of prevention. But we really need a system of the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like being proactive. Proactive. Instead of reactive. Correct. I was just about the, to go there. That yay, that yay situation go there. in that community yeah. that you speak on is reactive. Yeah. But we need that community prior to to even just give him that guidance. Because at the end of the day, he needs mentorship. Yep. Because he, he has the right ideas, but he don't have, again, like they were saying on Drink Chim, he don't have the strategy to truly express and then you know he but not, not everybody needs you know like you said not everybody needs and them. then again he can take his genes but yeah he don't have to be in the forefront facts so maybe he need a spokesperson to 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 oh, like to, to yeah <laughs> like a little a little mini yay he need a spokesperson and then he stay behind the he stay he stay in the back and work his magic that way like he do with all the rest of these companies technically well like what you said going back to like the like, you know, the culture. When I when we talked about it earlier and I said, I kind of said it in my breath, I was like, we need healing as, mm-hmm. as a people, mm-hmm. right? 
I look at, I just go back to, like, I guess, my own personal, like, just the way I grew up, right? You know, like, if you look at other cultures, right? Asian cultures, um, Hispanic cultures, hell, I, even, I would even say white culture, right? When you, you know, when, you're, when your kids are growing up and you're, you know, giving them those foundations and it's about, it's about that time to take that next step into adulthood, right? What happens? Usually. They, they stay home, right? They, you know, everybody stays home. Everybody's together. Everybody's moving as one, right? Asian community, Asian people, they come over, you know, from wherever they get here. They open up businesses together as a family. Okay, we're going to start your business. Once that's completed, we're going to move on to your stuff. Once that's completed, we're going to move on to this one. They move as a unit. When I was graduating high school, I couldn't wait to get the hell out of the house. I could not wait. I was, I, I, bro, I, had, I was out of the house like two months before I graduated. But who, but you know what's so funny? The source of that kind of culture or that kind of practice to kick kids out at 18, like you said, it's not happening in any other culture. Why is it's it not, happening in ours? That was by design. It's by design. Like, why, why is it like, you know, once you're 18, you're out this house. If not, you paying bills, all this other stuff. Instead of me looking to empower, inform, and help you become, help us become as a collective in this household more literate of where to go and how to advance our name and our legacy. I go back to that we're not healed. Like, cause I moved, I moved out like that based off of, off of emotion. You know what I'm saying? Based off of like the way I grew up, you know, the, the lack of, you know, my parents' inability to, you know, address certain things to me that I needed at the time. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're, we, we're not healed as a people. And until we get healed, we're gonna be keep moving out of fear. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna keep moving out of emotion instead of moving out of, I would say a collective of, okay, you know what? Like, like us growing up, like us right now, right? Like us becoming parents in our parenthood, right? We've learned those mistakes. We've, we've done our healing. We've gone to therapy. We are, by the time we have kids, we'll be at that point to where it's like, okay, I know how I was raised. I know that, I know the healing that I've done as a man. You know, I've forgiven my parents. We're now moving in a different mindset. I think personally, arch, 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 offspring, Bro, it's gonna take the, like that generation is gonna go like times ten. Like I think it's gonna like you talk about the pace and the and the speed. It's gonna go times ten because we're not gonna be moving from a place of of fear no more. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I don't know if you guys have looked, but the, the numbers of like single parents, right? Not single parents. Um, not excuse me, not single parents, but fathers not being in their kids' lives has dramatically decreased because what happened? We grew. Up, some people grew up without their father in their lives or you know always there so they know that as a man it's like I'm always gonna be there so now you know you, you know there's different elements that are just you know coming along so when we become parents it's just gonna take off I mean what y'all what's y'all opinion on that yeah I think that you said something earlier in regards to integration likely being one of the worst things to happen to us collectively as black people and, you know, I, I definitely agree with that in part. And I, I also think that it was also one of the most instructive because for the first time we were able to see how we truly feel about ourselves. And by examining the the culture of what our people did after believing to have equitable access to these opportunities, we were, we are able to assess how bad the pain actually is. And so from that perspective, now we can diagnose what we need to cure. And I think that for us, we've never cured that going back to the healing concept. We haven't cured it. And even though we've had 
individually, whether it's a president or a mayor or a billionaire, individually, we've achieved certain success professionally within our own careers. As the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Louis Farrakhan have said again and again and again, no one man can rise above the conditions of our people. And the reality is that when you look at our conditions, it's every, it's every man for themselves. And so we have adopted a system and a culture of subservience. So when, you know, you were speaking about, OK, well, why is it that black people aren't seeing what they need to do, even though we have this spending power? We got to reframe it because it's not what you spend is what you produce. So we, we need to look at what our actual production power is and we're able to assess. Now we can diagnose that this is a problem. We're not producing our own food. We're not producing our own capital, our own banks. We're not producing our own clothes, our textiles, our garments. We're not producing our own manufacturing, our own transportation. We're not producing. So when we try to boycott, it is a failed long-term strategy. It may work for the immediate. It is a failed long-term strategy because we have not developed a plan, nor have we implemented a collective systematic process to where there's an institution that is able to replace the very thing that we are opposing against. So even when there's somebody trying to uh, protest against a luxury brand, we haven't replaced that in the consciousness of our minds, what is luxury blackness in the garment industry. So now it's like, even though I want to protest because you did X, Y, and Z, this is still associated with wealth. The wealth that I don't have is still considered the unattainable. And now I've been able to obtain just a garment, even if it's a shirt, even if it's just a label that says Balenciaga or Gucci or Louis or whatever. But I, we haven't replaced that with something that is predominantly black within the consciousness of our people that appeals and markets and brands as such. Mm -hmm. And then we haven't gotten to the point to where we are creating an ecosystem where we're able to thrive off each other. So when I'm thinking about the progress and the consciousness of our people, at some point, we have to devise the strategies based on military science, which I think is very important, you know, that you all did participate in the military. We have to start looking at our environment from a position of military science. Every black man must read the art of war. Every black, every, every black man must read the art of war because you cannot call yourself this quote unquote provider and protector if you don't understand what you're protecting your people from. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest issues with our community is that we don't know who our enemy is. We use these terms that amalgamate and melting pot everybody together. Make it specific. We call in our corporations. Matter of fact, we're going to get into the shareholders. Matter of fact, we gonna, like we, we need to make it clear on who the enemy is, because when we group it and we say whiteness, we letting people off the hook. Also, you have to be able to defeat the enemy within first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The art of war by Sun Tzu, that's the art. You have to be able to, when we're talking about whiteness, it's very elusive and fluid. And you have to also understand how us exercising aspects of whiteness is also in part part of why we cannot advance through our blackness. So what I mean by that, 
using certain aspects of the individual nature of progress, right? So me becoming a billionaire, me being a PhD holding scholar, these markers of success, quote unquote, these markers of advancement only work if it were in tandem with the culture in which I represent and the culture in which I'm forwarding. But like you said, it does not work in isolation. Because to Angela Davis' point, if we all aren't free, none of us are free. So you can have the means and you can have the institutions, you can have the influences, but if you're not putting people in position and if you're not empowering them to think differently, to reframe that mindset and to challenge the nuanced nature into why we hold Balenciaga, Louis, and all these other places so dear when we have a Dapper Dan, when we have creators and stylists who curate better products, actually, in our own community, but yet we still hold this superiority complex to whiteness. That is where that shift needs to happen. Um, and, and that goes right back to our lack and collective faith and belief in ourselves. But yet, we still say we have to defeat the enemy. But once we do that, we find ourselves spinning in wheels because we have not defeated the enemy that has been ingrained in us. So back to what you said about um, a second ago. How did you, so how did you feel about when Virgil uh, went to go for Louis versus versus his versus his <laughs> strategy? I thought I thought I versus thought, his off white brand. I thought it was. Uh, 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 I don't know if anybody read the book. It's a, it's, it's a great book for me. Um, the spook who sat by the door. Mm-hmm. I thought it was that. I thought he was going in there. He was doing what Kanye West wanted to do, but Kanye West was immature and too loud about what he was doing, which was good. I like Kanye West for the fact that he does tell you what he's about to do. <laughs> he does inform you and say, hey, the underlying things of this, this is problematic, and I'm going to go in here and try to do this, this, and this. But yay, you're, left, you're leaving yourself on a hill because you got a lot of black folks who can't support you because they're afraid. I think strategy is Virgil was going in, but, he was, but, but, but Virgil was going in because he maintained, he, he had the relationships that Kanye had. He had more relationships that Kanye had. He also was a producer, so he was producing work. And he, he did not hold back in terms of who he was collaborating with and who he was producing for as he was continuing to navigate as well as ascend within these places of white whiteness and superiority so he can create it and curate it for himself. And that's the point I was saying and about that was, Kanye being behind the scenes. Yeah. But I, think, but I also think that, that I, I kind of thought that when he did that, it kind of, I think his own personal brand took a hit. I thought, I thought all white, just the brand itself took a hit when he decided to go do that for Louis. I don't think so. Be, just in the sense of one, just creative designs, right? Two, the, like the, what do you call it? The exclusiveness of his brand. Cause that's, everybody wanted it. Like that's, that's why he became the head person, right? Everybody, we need, we need what you got in your head for our company. You know, and I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and get on the man because you, Louis, come to me talking about, hey, we want you to come uh, be the head. I'm gonna take that opportunity. It might have been a dream of mine, you know, all along, right? So I, I get that concept of what you're saying. I still think Kanye West stuff. I think he just did a fire sale. Honestly, I think that what he wanted to do. I think. I think all. I think what Kanye West did. People like. Let's be honest. Like real, real, like real shit, y'all. To get it to become a billionaire, you are not a dumb nigga, bro. 
And we keep looking at Kanye as this dumb nigga, and I don't believe it. I think he just did a fire sale. You know what? How can I get out of all my deals? Absolutely. How can I take Yeezy and become Jordan, like how he did with Nike? Obviously, Jordan did it in a correct way, you know, in a, in a positive, you know, in a way to do it. But he's like, you know what? How can I get out of this contract? And and, and Yeezy just be me. I own this 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he did when he came to that stuff. Because Kanye's not a dumb man, bro. Like, I know we like to paint him like, oh, he's crazy. He's not dumb. I just think that what he did, it was it a bit of strategy that I would use? Probably not. That's what I'm saying. That's the issue I have. You know what I'm saying? It's not replicable. Right. You can't, you can't continue to duplicate that in... Not yet, at least. Yeah, keep blowing himself up, bro. You can't, you can't keep, you can't do that yet. But it's good that he is doing it because you have to have fear. You have to have no fear when you're betting on yourself. You have to have no fear when you are challenging the the, the, the system. But back to my point, if you don't have a collective foundation right. to fall back on or to say, hey. All of my young boys and young women who are 11, 12, 13, who are also creatives and innovators in their own way, this is, here are other me- mechanisms and ways in which to skin the cat, too. You don't have to all do that, but at least if you had a system or institution or culture in place that can help reify the fact of challenging the, the, the systemic nature, the oppressive nature of where we are, I think that will be all the more impactful. But because he did not, and because we're witnessing it as individuals and representing a collective body of individuals in this culture, we're all in disarray and we all have this dysfunction about was he right, was he wrong, could he did this, could he did that. Well, if we already had the consciousness, if we already had the 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 generational culture intact about what to do and how to do it, because we actually produce, we also we actually produce these institutions, we actually produce the content, we actually produce the things that can match the things that are of equal value of elite status or of luxury or what have you, then we wouldn't have this issue. All right. Yeah, with two quick points. So uh, the edification of black individual progress when we speak about Virgil and Kanye, I think it's important for us to understand from a military science standpoint that we as people, as black people, we tend to value them more when they attach themselves to whiteness. So because they attach themselves to Adidas or to Nike, it's a Drake and Nike collab. Like when when they, when blackness is attached to the corporate white hierarchy or structure, we tend to buy into it more. So now as a strategy standpoint, now somebody can go off and do their own thing because my people see that I can do it with them, too. And now they buy into me doing it by myself. Because we've had, you know, the FUBUs and the Rockawares and the Sean Johns, but they haven't been able to last like a polo. And so it's that's something. Sean Johns are the wrong brother. I know, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> but you get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a different. Sean It's a polo. It's a different. It's a difference. So I, I think sometimes that's how our people are thinking because it's like it's like you know. And, I agree with your brother. And, 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 yeah, no. What and, is it? To sell, um, what is it? The art, the, the art to sell a Negro to sell. Um, what's that book? That that, that um, one white dude wrote how to how to sell to a Negro. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you know, make it seem like you know, right. you know, he feels good about it. You know, make, like you said, attach it to the whiteness. So I, I get yeah, you. I'm following. What's and, the second one? And then. And then the other part of that, I, w- I wanted to definitely finish out the African proverb that, that Jalen started. If there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. And that is something 
culturally. Repeat that one more time for the, if, for the camera. Yeah. So if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. African proverb. And culturally, we have to embrace, understand, make that a part of our day to day, every day. Self awareness. Self awareness, self accountability. Tell me about <laughs> like, the, the whole thing. Like that's how that's how we get to where we are, man. And facing it. And facing it. Facing it. Not, and not, facing not, it. not um not running away from and it. And know and know that you're not alone. That's another thing too. Like you yeah. said, we've been in isolation. Isolation. Yeah. We've been in isolation, but it's like like I said on the onset during our self awareness. Like I'm glad I have y'all, man. So because I know we all on the same mindset. We're still challenging one another, even in our disagreements. But even our disagreements still reach an agreement at the same time. Exactly. That's why people need to continue exactly. to have conversations with people of difference because of different mindset. Because that helps formulate a certain level of intellectual capacity that expands. Mm-hmm. A certain a certain level of human possibility that grows. Mm-hmm. But you have to continue. You have to challenge yourself to look outside of your own purview. Because if you stay in isolation long enough, again, you may look great, genius, smart, but it's only for a time and it's only for a short window. And it's only going to be a matter of time before folks expose you on the very ignorance that has led to the peril of those around you. You get what I'm saying? And we're definitely going to have another another conversation. Yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more uplifting. It's a little bit more uplifting. But you're right, though. Like, you know, we have to talk about it. Takes, it, take, it takes a community, bro. Oh, yeah. You're tough. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, go ahead. Let's wrap it up, bro. Yeah, talk, bro. So, so, like, to wrap it up, bro, based on what we said, the key word of this episode is communication. So, that's communication amongst each other, communication with yourself. Communication to support that brother and sister. Bless you. Communication to be vulnerable, to provide that guidance. Communication of just with what you said about just having the conversation. In general, we can take this point of view and that point of view and formulate our own point of view again to one heal myself or to piggyback on last season, just the mentorship. And then those communications will eventually turn into that blueprint. Mm-hmm. Then that blueprint would then turn into us reacting and then having prevention preventive methods for any upsets of the long the long term game that we're playing. So that's all I had to add. It's just the communication part. Being collective, but it's just, yeah, I, just, I mean it's real. It's real. Yeah, it is real. It's <laughs> like you gotta have it because you know it's when you when you don't have it and when you do self isolate it, it just leads to, to bullshit. Like, yeah. I can tell you, I can speak from it, bro. Like, the last couple months, bro, I've been in that, I've been in that, where I've just kept to myself and not really, you know, try to be this strong dude, trying to be like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I got everything, you know, I know I got everything. But then when I sit in stillness, it fucks me up, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's very important, man. I appreciate you guys, bro. Like, real talk, man. Like, yeah. I love this is been this this is the start of black progress right right yeah, yeah. This, is, this is what it is gentlemen I will talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.